This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, February 7th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. China trims ag tariffs. Corteva stands by chemical it will stop making. And USDA signals some flexibility on hemp testing. China to cut some ag tariffs. China will be cutting its tariffs next week on a long list of U.S. ag commodities, but only by 25 to 5%. The gesture is generally not expected to substantially increase opportunities for U.S. exporters. China will only be dropping its duty on U.S. soybeans by 2.5%, bringing the punitive tariff rate to 27.5%. Punitive Chinese tariffs on fruits, vegetables, and tree nuts remain especially high despite a new trade deal reached with the U.S. in December. Walnuts, for example, will still have a 70% tariff even after China enacts a 5% cut on February 14th. Tariff reduction is always a good thing for our specialty crop growers, but we are not certain exactly how much relief 5% will give to a number of our commodities we export to China. That's the word of Sarah Nagu-Reed, Associate Director for Federal Policy at the California Farm Bureau Federation. U.S. and Kenya launch trade talks. U.S. and Kenya have launched negotiations for a much-anticipated trade agreement. An eventual deal would open Kenya to more U.S. goods. But lawmakers and government officials also hope an FTA would help give the U.S. a bigger presence on the continent as China continues to expand its investment in Africa. Representative Kevin Brady, the top Republican of the House Ways and Means Committee, said it's vital for the United States to establish a more of a leadership presence on the African continent to create new markets for American goods and services, especially as China continues its drive to bring Africa into its orbit. The U.S. ag sector is also investing in the potential of Africa, hoping to build up demand for soybeans, corn, poultry, and other commodities. As for Kenya, the country has an expanding middle class and imports much of the wheat, corn, and rice it consumes. Now take note, Kenyan negotiators have agreed to phytosanitary rules that would give U.S. wheat growers in Washington State, Oregon, and Idaho access to Kenya's $470 million wheat market for the first time in over a decade. Growers have options despite Corteva decision. Corteva AgriScience, the lead registrant for Chlorpyrfos, said declining sales prompted its decision to stop making the insecticide by the end of this year. But growers can still get the product from other companies registered to sell Chlorpyrfos, whose EPA registration does not expire until 2022. And Corteva vows to continue working on re-registration. There are also some alternative products. Chris Novak, president and CEO of CropLife America, said Corteva's commitment to stand behind this product will help ensure that farmers and other professionals continue to have access. Ohio State entomology professor Kelly Tillman said that in most cases there are alternatives to chlorpyrifos for use on field crops. Earth justice attorney Kristen Boyle, who is representing groups suing to get chlorpyrifos banned because of its link to brain damage in children, said the Corteva decision shows how chlorpyrifos is failing from a business perspective alone. USDA to hemp growers. We hear you on testing. 
USDA officials are getting an earful from state governments in the hemp industry about the THC testing requirements in the department's interim rule. Growers are concerned, among other things, about whether there are enough eligible labs for farmers to test their crops during the required 15-day window before harvest. Bruce Summers, administrator of the Agricultural Marketing Service, told reporters Thursday the agency has heard the concerns loud and clear, but he said there will be no changes in the testing rules until after the 2020 harvest. The agency is currently going through 4,600 comments that it received on an interim final rule issued last fall to regulate hemp production. Summers stressed that USDA has no legal authority to delay the October 31 deadline for states and producers to be in compliance with the 2018 Farm Bill requirements. Why it matters? Well, at least 30 states have told the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture they will have to revise their own laws in order to comply. And looking ahead, AMS will take another round of comments after the 2020 growing season. USMCA moving through the Canadian process. A lobbyist for the Canadian beef industry says the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement could clear that country's parliament by the end of March. A bill to implement the agreement in Canada is now in the Canadian House Committee on International Trade. John Maswell, a lobbyist for the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, says he hopes the committee will hold just one hearing to hear from government negotiators and review how the pact has been revised since a hearing last June. Speaking on the sidelines of the U.S. Cattle Industry Convention in San Antonio, Maswell said he hopes the Canadian House will act on the bill by the end of the month, paving the way for the Senate approval in March. The bottom line, he expects the bill to pass by margins similar to the 90% majorities that the U.S. implementing legislation got. Purdue and Lighthizer talk ag trade on USDA podcast. U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer sat down with Ag Secretary Sonny Purdue this week to record a podcast that goes live this morning. Lighthizer discusses plans for upcoming trade talks with India, as well as accomplishments with a long list of other nations. The topics include the USTR's efforts to get better access for U.S. farm goods to Vietnam and that for oranges, Honduras for cheese, Guatemala for eggs, and South Africa for apples, that according to a preview provided to AgriPulse. While Lighthizer and Purdue focus on small-scale negotiations that don't get a lot of national attention, they also delve into big-ticket issues like trade talks with China, Japan, the EU, UK, Canada, and Mexico. You can find the Sunny Side of the Farm podcast on the USDA's website. Here's today's She Said It. We talk about bootstraps. These are the boots for these kids. That West Virginia teacher... Tega Tony talking about the importance of school meals to the academic performance of poor children. She testified at a House hearing about the Trump administration proposal that would cause some children to lose automatic eligibility for free school meals. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, February 7th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Dowling.